This week on Art in the Air features Sally Sellen and John Baranowski's podcast about growing up in Whiting called Cigarettes, Tab, and Tampons. Next, we feature Kathleen Ohm of Arts Alive reviving Whiting Studio 659 with their June 4th exhibit called Pandemic. Our spotlight is with Amy Navardakis discussing Art Barn's 27th annual jury show running May 15th through June 8th. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. Express yourself to art. And show the world your heart. Welcome. You're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art on the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m., plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. And we'd like to welcome back to Art in the Air Spotlight from the Art Barn, Amy Navardakis. She's the executive director, and she's got lots of things going on there. So, Amy, tell us what's going on at the Art Barn School of Art. We have. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, um, well, right now, uh, the big thing that's happening is our juried art exhibition. So, um, it's a it's something we do every year, and this is the twenty seventh year for it. So. That's really exciting for us. And, um, it, you know, if you, the, the purpose of this uh, exhibition for us is always to, you know, help us feature quality works of art um, from artists in the region. And um, this year we were able to open it up a little bit wider because our, our call for artists was uh, done digitally it was through like an online portal so and the you know the drop up the, like the way our procedures worked this year it was a little bit more friendly to people out of the area so we were actually able to attract some people from Lafayette from Ohio and Illinois and this region as well so it, it was a little bit of a broader net so we're excited about that and uh, how many pieces do you have in the show uh, we have about 90 pieces in the, in the show and they're hung salon style. So our gallery actually just went up yesterday. So I'm like thrilled by it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's 90 pieces and we hang, you know, they're, they're hung. We hang from like, you know, about top of the chair level up to the ceiling. So um, it's a very full. And you gallery. almost had how many entries about, was it 200 or. We can tell you, let's see, I can tell you right now. We had 198 pieces entered by 84 artists. Wow. And we selected 90. 
So that means 90 pieces didn't get in. Right. You know, so, but, um, you know, we tried to do a good job of representing as many of those, those artists as we could. So, but, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited about it this year and we we're going to be awarding about $3,600 in awards. So we normally have in a non COVID year, we would have more, more awards than that. I'm pleased with how fundraising went for it this year. So we'll have plenty to give out plenty of wealth to spread around. So we're excited <laughs> about that too. Well, and you have a really exciting juror this year. Can you tell us about him? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he was great. I just loved working with him. Um, his name was Randall Roberts and he's the assistant curator at um, the Midwest Museum of American Art. And it's an, that's an Elkhart. Um, and uh, he, he was uh, the juror for our show and he also judged which pieces we're going to get the awards um, so yeah, he was really great. I think, um, you know, he, he really took a, a lot of time to review everybody's works and, um, you know, he took his time doing the judging too. So he took it, he took it all very seriously. And I, and I, I think, um, he was able to, you know, really help us, um, you know, do the best that we could with our juring process. So, yeah. So he, he looks at them before they're up. Is that correct? Then? Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so he he looks at them um at so like during the jury process which was over a couple weeks so he we kind of turned things over to him so he could review everything and and you know make his selections and then he came to to the art barn and made and and viewed the pieces in person to be able to select the the winners so yeah when does the exhibit open um the exhibit opens um Let's see. It's open starting Saturday, May 15th. I have a, a strange little, It's it would have been Jan Sullivan's 100th birthday too this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, so, so the exhibit opens on the 15th and the reception is going to be on June 5th. And so we'll be celebrating the artists that are part of this. So this year we're going to be celebrating um, our founders, 100th year. So she was still alive. She'd be 100 years old. And we're dedicating this year to her, her birthday. And um, this exhibition is also dedicated to her. So um, so at that opening reception, we're going to be kind of announcing that that kickoff and our fundraiser uh, for next year. So we've got some special plans for that. We have about a minute left. So tell us some of the other things going on at the Art Barn School of Art. Absolutely. So we're, we're getting ready to, um, well, we've already started taking reservations for our summer classes, and that also includes summer camps. So we have um, quite a few new summer camps that are going to be happening. So uh, we still have some space in, in those if anybody is, is interested. Um, we're doing a, a pinata camp, um, a plushies camp, which is um, kind of making your own stuffed animal and um, we also have our very popular clay camp as well. So that's a two-week camp. So there, there are other things. I encourage you to visit our website to kind of um, get an idea about what all of those are. But summer camps are a big deal for us in the summer. Quickly tell and, us the website. Yeah. It's artbarnschool.org. And you can also be found on Facebook. Yes. Yes. Um, Art, Art Barn School of Art, I believe, is what it is. Art Barn School Art is at 695 North, 400 East in Valparaiso, and you can see the 27th Annual Juried Exhibition. Amy, thank you again for being on Art of the Year Spotlight. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. 
You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. Sally and Johnny worked in Mom's shop across from the A&P. They were always set to get cigarettes, tab, and tampons. In Whiting, Indiana. Once... My mother rolled a cigarette into my hair while giving me a perm. Johnny earned a dollar for a hard job and 75 cents for an easy job. Join me and John as we share stories of growing up in Whiting, Indiana. Meet our friends and family, visit the character and culture-filled patchwork gift shop, and hear the adventures we shared in a lifetime of friendship, which all started in the little city on the lake. And what you just heard was the opening to a wonderful podcast for Northwest Indiana. Described a little bit about that. And we're pleased to have uh, the participants of that uh, podcast to tell us a little bit more. Maybe even give us a sample of that. Uh, John Baranowski and Sally Salwin, they're here to tell us a little bit about cigarettes, tab, and tampons. Their podcast centered around Whiting, Indiana and Northwest Indiana. Welcome to Art on the Air. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lab and Esther. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Yes, thanks for having us this afternoon. Oh, we'd love to have you. Well, anyway, we'd like, uh, first of all, for our audience to know a little bit about each of you. And I'll start with you, John. Tell us about your journey a little bit, how you got from where you were to where you are now, without giving them anything on the podcast stuff, because we want you to kind of reveal it there. But tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll move to Sally. Well, I start. I was a poor little farm boy. No, that is not true. <laughs> I, 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 we, my family came from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we, uh, we, we were then shifted to Whiting, Indiana after my father got a job at the first bank of Whiting, which is now Centier Bank, um, with uh, branches uh, all over the place in Northwest Indiana, and. Um, uh, and uh, the, the reason that I met Sally, uh, how Sally and I connected in our lives is through the Patchwork in Whiting, Indiana, um, which was a, was a gift shop on 119th Street, um, opened in 1973. Uh, and um, I got a job there uh, when I was uh, 14 years old, uh, sweeping floors and washing windows with newspaper, <laughs> all you young kids out there. You can wash windows with vinegar and newspaper, but what is newspaper, right? <laughs> Anymore. Um, but uh, it, it really, and my journey was through Whiting, through theater, um, through working at the Patchwork, uh, going to school at Purdue Cal, uh, and just steeped in uh, all the all the great things that the region has to offer, uh, and all the people. Uh, and this podcast is just a reflection of uh, our friendship. And um, uh, where we came from, where we laid our roots as individuals. And before we move on to Sally, tell us a little bit about some of the theater you've done. Uh, I'm familiar with it, but our audience isn't. Um, uh, I worked. I worked with a number of theater companies in Northwest Indiana. Um, uh, the Marion Theater Guild, I would say, would be my was my home hub uh, at St. John the Baptist Parish in Whiting, Indiana. Um, I did my first show there in 1976. We called it was Bye Bye Birdie. We called it Bye Bye Butterball because it was it was a, it was a little bit of a risk, but it, it was fun. Um, and uh, I think my last show there, I um, I, I co-directed uh, and did the set with uh, uh, Shelley Crosby, um, uh, Shrek, and okay. was in the show too. That was the last show I was in there. And I've worked with Community Showcase, which is now defunct. Um, 
um, the players uh, in uh, Munster, Indiana, uh, and uh, the Toll Theater. I can't forget the Toll Theater in Hammond, Indiana, uh, where I've directed and uh, been in many shows there. Very good. And I've seen a lot of those shows. Uh, in fact, I designed lighting for a, a show of uh, at, uh, at Marion uh, once for a, a, I think it's a Dracula production. So, but Sally, let's move Dracula. on. <laughs> let's uh, move on to you. Tell us about your journey. Well, I was uh, born at St. Catherine's Hospital, which I believe is technically in East Chicago, Indiana, and uh, and my mother um, used to work at Rudolph's House of Beauty on 119th Street in Whiting, Indiana. My father was a truck driver who, um, after he retired from from being a truck driver, went to work at Poppins Auto Service. So I'm. I'm definitely a child of, of downtown Whiting and uh, grew up actually in, technically in Robertsdale. But uh, my mother was very involved in Marion Theater Guild that John mentioned um, right around uh, in the early 70s. She started to do hair and makeup and then eventually costumes and um, did all kinds of backstage things for Marion Theater Guild. And while she worked there, um, she got to be friends with the Miller family, Victoria Miller and Patty Miller and Beth Miller. Um, who were related to the Gazdas. Uh, the Gazdas was a really popular clothing store back in the 70s in Whiting. And uh, through a, a turn of events, um, they decided to take over a storefront in downtown Whiting and turn it into a flower and gift and craft store. And so my mother went and, uh, and worked for them. So, um, so that was kind of the, the connection. And that was, you know, how Johnny and I got together. And uh, I, we always say that we've been friends since since I was eight and he was 13, just about. So a <laughs> couple years, a few years. And, uh, you know, just um, Whiting is home. Whiting will always be home. And so there's there's a lot of stories. And obviously the the, the uh, theater crossover, the theater connection with the gift shop um, is sort of where a lot of these stories were born. With this long-term friendship, did both of you stay connected this whole time? Not the entire time, honestly. Um, you know, I think with with all of my long-term friendships, and I'm very fortunate in that I have quite a few, you know, friends who I've been been friends with or close with, you know, really just about from birth. Um, you know, I think there's always a few times when you kind of drop out of each other's lives. You know, Johnny moved quite a bit. He spent some time in Florida. He spent some time in Georgia. I spent time in Portland, Oregon. I lived in Washington, Washington D.C. for a while. But but we've we've always been friendly and there's always there's the the connection has never completely severed and so um and the past 20 or so years we've lived within a couple of miles of one another on the north side of chicago so it's a it's been a terrific like it's it's one of my longer long-term relationships for sure one question i have for both of you uh what's your real jobs in the world and you know we always ask that uh, ask that of some actors and things like that but uh i know sally you have kind of a unique profession so you go first and then john tell us what you do uh uh for to to actually put money in the bank <laughs> well i'm actually enjoying um some of the the some of my labor right now this is a athletic brewing company this is a free wave hazy ipa uh, i've been i've been selling beer for about 15 years i, I after I have a, a degree. I always say it's a useful degree in theater and drama, um, theater and English, actually. <laughs> and, you know, once you're, when you're, when you graduate with a theater degree, you know, you find yourself in the restaurant industry. And so I was in the, in the restaurant business, bartending, you know, serving tables, um, managing restaurants for about 15 years after I finished college and then, uh, found my way into beer distribution and beer sales. And I'm actually, 
I'm what is called a certified Cicerone in that I'm, um, I'm sort of like a beer sommelier, I guess is the easiest way to put it. And, uh, and for the past six months or so, I've been working for Athletic Brewing and we are, um, we are the country's premier brewer of non-alcoholic craft beer. So you can literally drink beer all day with a, if you drink athletic, it's beer for all times. Um, it's a, I'm, I've really, really gotten into, you know, this non-alcoholic craft beer. It's a, it's, it's something new on the horizon for people who want to have, you know, a few beers in the afternoon, but don't want to have the hangover the next day. So that's, that's my story. Oh, very good. And John, uh, what are you doing to make a living? I should have had an athletic beer in my hand, but instead <laughs> I just have a crystal light because I believe in me. Uh, and but my my uh, my job journey has not been linear. But for the past twenty five years, I've uh, I've dwelled in the non for profit world, and for the last fifteen years, I've um, uh, been at the Shed Aquarium, uh, and I currently am the director of training and development uh, at Shed Aquarium. For the people, not for the animals. <laughs> so you don't have to swim with the fishes, so to speak. <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. I, yeah. I, leave the, I leave that up to the experts, that, uh, for sure. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, so lots of long-term friendships have lots of stories. What brought together cigarettes, tab, and tampons? <laughs> How did you decide to turn it into a podcast? Well, um, my partner of just about 22 years, Shelly Crosby. Um, I think she got, she got a little sick of hearing John and I telling, telling stories from, from Whiting. And there's so many, and, you know, we frequently go back to Whiting for, you know, to visit friends, to go to Arnie's hot dogs, to, you know, go to shows at the Toll or at Marion Theater Guild. And, you know, when, when Johnny and I drive through Whiting together, yeah. When Johnny and I drive through Whiting together, you know, we drive down the street and we're like, oh, there's the Fritz's house. There's Lisa Freeman's house. That's where the Guidens lived. That's where Dato lived. And every street in Whiting has stories that uh, that we both, you know, remember from, from our growing up. And we talk so much about the patchwork and what, what kind of, you know, set this, set this podcast off was um, the story about when Johnny, Johnny worked for, again, he worked for the Miller family and for my mother at the patchwork. And uh, he was frequently sent across the street. We were both frequently sent across the street. And there was an A&P in that location. I believe it's a dollar store now. And uh, that was what we were sent to get, as our little theme song says, you know, um, cigarettes, tab, and tampons is what, what we were we were <laughs> frequently asked to go buy. Also, sometimes coffee and some other things. But primarily, cigarettes, tab, and tampons. And that's when they would let minors buy the cigarettes for their mom or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, there was no, um, you got over, <clears throat> when you worked at the patchwork, you got over being shy or embarrassed very fast, you know, <laughs> yep. just going to the A&P and buying, I just need tampons and nobody ever asked you. It was no, it was like, okay, you know, you mu- it must be for the patchwork across the street. Well, the yep. history, you know, the history that you also tell through the photos of you together is just so beautiful. I mean, to, I, that, I don't know, they were re- very moving um, for me. And so, thank you. That's lovely. Yeah. Just so sweet. Um, you could tell, I mean, you could just feel the friendship and it's just so exciting. And then here you are just living so close to each other in Chicago. It's just kind of kismet. Very grateful. I would say, would you agree, John, for, um, for the connection and just the friendship we've shared for all these years? I would absolutely agree. And I, I would, I would say that those photos, and that is a very sweet thing to say. So I really appreciate that because 
those photos are all, I mean, it's a, those like instant moments of love and affection and that are, that are captured that we really, we really do enjoy each other's company as I think some of those photos. Uh, oh, the truth of them, of it, the truth of them is so apparent, you know, it's, well, what I was going to ask is, I think our audience will love to hear live on Art on the Air, uh, maybe what you guys do in a podcast. And uh, I do have some of the recordings. And of course, you can find your, your things on Spotify and, and several other podcasts. But, but I think it'd be kind of interesting for you to tell one of the stories that you might hear on cigarettes, tab, and tampons. Well, John, um, do you want to tell a little bit about, you know, what you were paid when you were you were first hired at the Patchwork Flowers and Gifts, um, which at, when it first opened was called Vicky's Patchwork for Vicky Miller. But um, so how, how was your pay structure? My pay structure uh, at the Patchwork, you know, I sort of just went. I had been I also worked at the White News Company um, and had a had a formal paycheck there, you know, with all your paperwork filled out. But. When I went to the you were a Renaissance you know, man, <laughs> I did. I always, I always have things to do. But what was remarkable? So I started, and uh, and uh, Patty and Sandy and Vic, they said they sat me down and they were very serious and said, you know, when you, uh, uh, you we have all these jobs for you to do. Um, you know, we're going to say that you know sweeping the floor is an easy job, and we're going to give you seventy five cents. <laughs> And uh, maybe cleaning the inside and the outside of the windows was a hard job. So we're going to give you a dollar. So uh, that was always a, a Sally, as I recall, that was always and I was thirsty because uh, what came with the paycheck at the Patchwork was a place where uh, there were so many characters and there were artists there coming in and playing the piano and people practicing Shakespeare and uh Art, you know, just uh, it was just a really amazing uh, atmosphere to be in. So the pay was not the pay. Pay was sort of secondary to um, uh, what I was exposed to there at the Patchwork in a very in a very amazing way. Um, eventually, I will say uh, that I did get on the payroll officially um, and, and made the minimum wage. But uh, not to not. Uh, I, I think uh, Patty said, "Mom, you have to. This has to." You just, this can't just be a uh, job by job uh, uh, reporting. I think it's so accurate. If um if the if the patchwork had had a liquor license, we would have been the first gay bar in Whiting, Indiana, because <laughs> it just it was such um, a hub, you know. And again, because all of the people who started the store were really involved in Marion Theater Guild, and then they went on to being involved in Community Showcase. And so there was just an, as Johnny said, a nonstop group of characters you know, and fascinating, intelligent, artistic people who would be coming in and out of the store and just sitting in the back room. We had, they had a, a work room in the back where my mom and Patty Miller would create the flower arrangements, you know, and, and smoking the whole time. Something we talk about in the podcast <laughs> is that, uh, you know, it was the, the mid seventies and everybody smoked. Well, I didn't cause I was a child, but, um, but everyone was smoking in this back room and there were all these, you know, wonderful funny witty stories as johnny said like people would come in and they'd be rehearsing music um johnny um patty miller was uh in a show called dames at sea and that was in i believe 1980 and dames at sea is a tap dance show and patty was cast in the lead role of of mona kent and there was uh a day when patty asked john to give 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 her his underwear so that she could like practice tap dancing in the basement because she didn't have anything to like tap dance in. 
Well, actually, the day that she borrowed my underwear, uh, <laughs> and, uh, at the time, uh, you know, I was wearing. There I was, were a couple of times, you know, wasn't there? A couple of times. Oh, I don't know. Maybe this is. Maybe we need some sort of like. I want to hear know, about this underwear. Or... What did it look so, like? That it's a chap content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were like chap shorts. Well, the the the, the time she borrowed the underwear then was because when it lay out of the sun. Uh, and I have, I was, I was sporting, <laughs> right. I was sporting their traditional white underwear for all of you. I know this like, that weighing whitey tidies has been weighing on your listeners' minds this whole time. But, uh, I think, uh, and then the second, there was a second time too. And that was when, um, she asked for, uh, my shorts, uh, that were, <laughs> oh, okay. so there was a little bit of a, of a costume decision, but, but the, what, what speaks to that Sally is that um, the comfortableness? Like they're like, oh, okay, sure, you need that, okay, and then I'll yeah. I'll run across the street and get some tab for you, or Fresca, yeah, too, yeah, or Fresca, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, in uh, 1979, Marion Theater Guild did Sound of Music, and uh, our dear friend um, Debbie uh, Huffarokas was the director, and John and I decided to audition, and I had never auditioned for a show before, and so. Um, and it was really a, a family affair because my mother auditioned for it as well. And she ended up going on to play um, Elsa, who's the Baroness. But uh, Johnny auditioned for Rolf. And of course, I auditioned for Liesl. And I was I was a little bit too young, but because uh, I was 13 at the time. So I was cast as Louisa, you know, the bratty younger daughter. But we would practice for auditions in the back room of the patchwork all the time. Which is, there was There was always something artistic going on in that back room other than you know, the flowers and the gifts and the painting classes and everything else that was happening in that store. Sally, did you have a, did you have a regular job? Did you ever do like regular chores at the patchwork? I don't know if I ever did like regular chores. It was, you know, it, I, I didn't, cause I wasn't actually employed. I was just, you know, by virtue of the fact that my mother, you know, worked there and owned the shop. So I, I didn't actually work there. Although if I was there for any length of time, I mean, you know, my mom, it wasn't like, you know, you, you didn't hang around my mom for very long without being assigned some task to do. So if I was there after school, I would typically be like dusting the shelves because, you know, it was a, a big, a pretty big um, geographically, like the size of the store was pretty large and had that gazebo in the center. And there were just a lot of surfaces that got dusty. And so that was something that I did pretty regularly. I would sweep the store from time to time, especially around the dried flowers, because dried flowers, you know, the area around the dried flowers would, would get kind of sloppy. But uh, so I did a lot of dusting and some cleaning, but that was pretty much the extent of it. And, you know, going and running errands and then with the uh, community showcase um, wasn't a job exactly. But when community showcase did Annie, get your gun, they had me walk up and down 119th Street wearing a sandwich board. <laughs> but I don't think I got paid for any of those things. So not not a job, not not a hard job, nor an easy job. So are we you would still just... both involved with theater? Uh, yep. I would say yes, in some yeah. degree or another. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um. You know, as I said, you know, we both were cast in Sound and Music, and then we both like we both kept a toe in the whole time. Um, my mother um, ultimately didn't really like me being so involved with community theater, so I got more involved with high school theater. You know, because you know when you're when you're 14, 15 years old and you're hanging out at a community theater, then you're hanging out with you know people in their 20s and 30s, and you know people are drinking and people are smoking, and my mother was a little bit wary of that, so. So I ended up mostly doing shows at George Rogers Clark High School because I went to Clark and Johnny went to Whiting. But there was never any rivalry between us no. on that basis. 
She was worried about drinking and you go into beer sales. That's kind of an interesting uh, uh, connection there. <laughs> yeah. Um, how often? Yeah, I've thought of that. Yeah. How often do you guys uh, produce a podcast? Um, it's pretty much every week now. Pretty much every week. Um, we from time to time take some take a few weeks off. We're actually uh, coming up to the end of our second season, as we're calling it. So this Sunday we'll record uh, the last one for a little bit, and we'll we'll figure out if we're gonna. If we're going to bring it back in, you know, a, a month's time or whatever, whatever we decide with the summer coming up, I know we probably want to have a little bit more flexibility to uh, to be outside since we're both fully vaccinated now. I got um, we both got our second vaccines this week. I got mine yesterday. John, you got yours, what, two days ago? On Tuesday, yeah. I think what's interesting about the podcast for us is that the first season was a uh, just an outlay of uh, and we spent a lot of time on whiting. We did a virtual tour of whiting. Not, uh not a virtual tour, but a but audio tour of lighting. And then and then the second season we called it the sensory season because we wanted to just see where where those places were that we intersected with our personal lives and our likes and dislikes. Uh, and so the third season we're gonna we're cooking up something good for the third season. You know, always tying it back to lighting and growing up, but um, adding some other dimensions as well. And we always have guests guests. Uh, uh, we usually have like two guests um, per season. Well, I love that it, the podcast can wind up anywhere, like you, the Chicago intersection. You mentioned so many places where I don't know whether you were there together, but everything sort of intersects and there's just so much happening at the same time. I'm, I'm really enjoying the podcast. Well, one question I want thrilled. One question I want to ask, and I know this uh, from uh, from you, is your producer is also an actress who actually kind of pulls this together, Shelley Crosby. And I know she's not on this particular thing. In fact, we're going to get her on Art in the Air in a separate uh, thing to talk about her stuff. But uh, uh, so she's the one who actually pulls you guys together. So talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, Shelley, I've, I've been lucky enough to uh, to be with Shelley for, like I say, the past 22 years. And, uh, and who would have known, you know, um, we first met at uh, the Munster Center for Performing Arts when I was performing in uh, a production of Alice in Wonderland back when I was still trying to be a performer. And she was the box office general manager back then and, you know, obviously uh, did a ton of theater. She was a, a really popular leading lady in, in suburban Chicago theater for years and years. And, uh, and you know, just the three of us, we, we've just, we've got a real bond. And, and she just thought our stories were great. And, uh, thought that this would be a unique way to put them together and so she's kind of she's kind of the glue that holds us together and she's also the person who you know it's like herding cats you know as she said you know it's like, it's like a sheep a sheep herder herding sheep you know because she's got to try to keep us on topic and keep us from going on too many tangents very good yeah, she keeps us in line but also she suffers us gratefully <laughs> she, she puts up with a lot well, we just have about a, maybe a minute left. I want to tell, tell our audience how they can find your podcast. Where is it on? And uh, if they want to get in touch with you, and of course, uh, Northwestern and people, if they want to know more about Whiting, Robertsdale, and if you're familiar with that part, it's really all the same. It's, uh, there might be one in one city and others, but it's all kind of the same. But tell us a little bit about how to find uh, your podcast. First, you could go online at cigarettestabandtampons.com. And you can um, you can get the link um, on the Spotify link right on the right on the website and see some uh, uh, amazing what I think. And thank you, Esther, some great pictures that correspond with each of the podcasts uh, um, that we do. Um, we're available on uh, most of the podcast platforms, Anchor, um, Apple, 
Spotify. Spotify, as you mentioned. Yep. Um, and we, we recorded on the Anchor podcast app, so that's a great place to listen to it. It's also a great place if you want to create your own podcast to do it there. Yeah. And we are also on the, the gram. We're on the gram. Johnny keeps us up on the gram. And, uh, and on the Facebook, on the Facebook as well, on all the, all the, you know, the usual social media platforms. Well, I think that's really great. And I enjoy it. And since I know all three of you to some degree or other, and of course, Shelly and I go way, way, way back in far as theater, but we really appreciate you coming on Art in the Air to talk about cigarettes, tab, and tampons. Sally Selwyn, John Barognowski, thanks for sharing your story with us and our audience. So wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank, Thank you, you Thank, Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Dr. Lab. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air, to complete our uh, journey into Whiting for this show segment, Kathleen Ohm. Uh, she's part of a revitalization of Studio 659, and it's been a fixture on 119th Street in Whiting as an art gallery. And uh, I have to say, I've, I've participated in many of the exhibits there. And uh, anyway, Kathleen uh, is, uh, also owns the Junkyard T-Shirt in Whiting also. She was president 10 years ago and maybe left it, but it's coming back. And now they have a whole new venture called Arts Alive to revitalize it. Kathleen, welcome to Art on the Air. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Actually, I think Arts Alive was established in 1998. So it's been around a while. Right. Arts Alive's been around a while before the studio. And how long has your involvement with it been? I've been involved with Arts Alive um, just probably about three years now. Um, They were you know, the group was getting smaller. They were thinking about disbanding. So they reached out to the community, see if anyone was interested. So a whole bunch of new people joined and uh, we got it going back, uh, revitalizing it and coming up with all kinds of fun events since then. So going right. strong. Well, Kathleen, we'd like to find out a little bit about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got from where you were to where you are, how, where you grew up, where you studied, uh, and maybe your art and how you got to doing what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in North Hammond. Uh, went to school at Clark. So sad they're taking that down. Um, went to Valparaiso University for advertising and worked in Chicago for a while in the LBGT community, uh, doing promotions and marketing. Came back to Whiting and set up shop and thought, oh, it'd be fun to have a t-shirt shop in town. Literally, that's how it went. And within like a month, <laughs> I started a t-shirt shop, which is insane. And that was 16 years ago. And uh so the junkyard's been going strong with for about 16 years and then got involved with uh, soon after that with Studio 659 um, when the mayor had started that group and uh, jumped into that. And it was a lot of fun and started uh, doing some shows there. So what's the origin of uh, the name Junkyard? Why, I mean, of all the words in the whole world, how did you... Right. Right. It's not so smart now because that's what we get calls for. We were trying to, if you remember the alley in Chicago, we were, we didn't, we had a very low budget. So we were uh, trying to make it look like get whatever we could, old lockers, fencing, barrels, stuff to fill this huge space. So we're thought like, oh, trying to make it cool and edgy, like, uh, you know, the alley. And that's how it started. And it's since evolved. And now it's more spirit wear and sports wear and, uh, you know, custom making t-shirts. So it's changed a lot. So, so the name so, doesn't really make any sense anymore. <laughs> I, I like the name. Is um, So what were those first t-shirts like? Were you designing them? And, and so, yeah, we were, were you designing them. <laughs> we were literally laying out letters and the, you know, piece by piece trying to get them like straight and 
from there, we just, somebody was screen printing shirts for us. And then we're like, well, we could, they were selling their equipment. So we bought the screen printing equipment and started buying different equipment to cut, cut the letters. And now we embroider and screen print and do all kinds of different things. So it's evolved. We basically learned from like a DVD and went from there. <laughs> Where's it located? Your shop? Um, we're in downtown Whiting, uh, 1504, 119th Street, right in the heart of downtown and uh, across from Kitty Corner from City Hall. Excellent. And also, I guess you're excited about Pierogi Fest coming back. We are very excited about Pierogi Fest coming back. <laughs> we missed it last year. A lot of the businesses, uh, you know, rely on that weekend. But uh, we'll see what happens with it this year. You know, it's uh, the, we don't know. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. If people are going to come, less people are going to come. So kind of a crapshoot this year. We'll see. Very excited. So tell us a little bit about uh, the history of uh, Studio 659 before Arts Alive is getting involved with just uh, what you know about it. Yeah, uh, Studio, the mayor at the time, Mayor Sahura, had started Studio 659 um, because there were a lot of art groups in town, different kinds of arts like the theaters and and, uh, a couple other smaller art groups that aren't around anymore. And he decided to put together a council, an arts council that was made up of the theater the symphony, a couple art groups, um, the art class of like a teacher from the school at Calumet College art program. And all those people were represented on the board. And that's how it started. And then uh, it started, it became the president somehow, <laughs> type A, like I told you earlier, type A. And uh, we started doing some fun art shows and uh, it was huge success. I mean, we had a great turnout for shows and, um, you know, you volunteer and you, run out of gas. So I was there probably like three, four years and uh, moved on some other stuff and it kept going strong. And um, lately it wasn't. So, uh, so we've regrouped. The city asked us if Arts Alive would like to take it over. And our group's been going strong with events the past year. And so we're like, sure, let's give it a shot. And that's where we're at right now. So how is the day-to-day function going to be the studio? That's a good question. We are literally right in the middle of uh, meetings and getting a lot more members. And there were still some members from Studio 659 that are involved. So um, we are laying out the hours and in the next week and some meetings. And so we make sure we're open for people to come uh, at night and uh, during the weekend to see the shows. And that's kind of, we're all in the planning stages. I probably jumped the gun and said, let's do an art show on June 4th. We're opening. <laughs> <laughs> but I was excited. So it's great. We have a lot of great art coming. So uh, we're painting the walls right now, cleaning it back up and, and getting ready for the show in June. Yeah, it's a tough time in uh, winding the other gallery, the the in the bank, 119th Street artists. They went by the wayside of, well, about a little over a year ago or more before. Yeah, right? yeah Cornerstone, uh, 119th Street artists. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, I was involved with them also, so yeah, and uh, yeah. it was kind of sad to see that go. And you know, several art galleries are going. Uh, Hobart Art League uh, folded about some time ago. South Shore Arts out this way, so it's it's a tough time of it. So tell us a little bit about Arts Alive, the origins of that, and how that developed. Oh, I'm I'm a new I'm a newbie, so I don't really know the origins of how that started. I know it was a long time ago, like you had mentioned. And uh, again, you know, people come, people go, and now we have a, a pretty strong group of you know, like. At right now about 20 people which is great it was down to like i think three so uh so we're we're building it back up and we're getting you know a lot of younger people too that are excited they, they see us working in the studio we're telling them about arts live but 
yeah, we got it going again. And we immediately did the brought back the garden tour, which was a huge success and sold out two years ago. I want to say last year for everything, but last year it was nothing. So two years ago, we sold out of that. We did the, um, the home tour again for the holidays, which they haven't, hadn't done in a while. And that also sold out, which was really great. So, uh, we just keep adding new things. And during COVID, we were doing some, you know, snowman contests, chalk <laughs> contests, whatever, just to keep our name out there. And, um, so we're pretty proud that we've been a really good success the last couple of years. What other kind of things does Arts Alive do? Uh, you know, besides, uh, well, now in the Studio 659, but what are some of the other things you've done? Well, maybe, uh, well, you know, it wasn't the purpose to like donate to organizations yeah. as well. Yes, we basically raise money to give money away. So, um, like we put um, art pellets, big corrugated uh, art pellets up on the poles two years ago and everyone sponsored it. So it was like 30 bucks to get your name on it and it all went to youth, um, youth art art month which was may in march sorry and uh so we raised money so that when the school program might need a new piano which they did last year we bought them that or the um theater needs something so we just get letters from different or art organizations and um juried art shows and things like that in whiting robertsdale and we donate money to help them out which is pretty cool gig so it is so beautiful (laughs) and is it just like whiting robertsdale area that you uh, do those for it is. Um, during COVID, um, the Toll Theater in Hammond reached out to us and uh, we donated to the Toll Theater because um, they were in need. And uh, But mostly we try to keep it Whiting Robertsdale. I would love to talk about this upcoming show. Um, it's exciting, though. I know that you're, you're feeling overwhelmed right I now. Am. because <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, but I read that I read that you already had submissions from all over the country. How many? We do. We, we're we have thirty five pieces right now of art. Um, How I many can you take? Probably pretty pretty close to capacity. But I'm I'm convinced if anything great rolls in, I'll make the room. So um, yeah, it's been very exciting uh, getting getting art from people I don't know, but also reaching out to some people I knew from college that are artists in Colorado and Michigan, and and uh, they've had art and. We even have some um, kids that have created art during COVID while they were in school and, you know, how they feel. And it's been, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, like everybody, it's not only artists, but the best thing about it is it's the people who became artists during COVID, like the people who took up crocheting or took up some, you know, poor art, you know, where you're pouring the, the ink, uh, the paint on the canvas. So that's the cool part. It's going to be a mixture of some really great artists and some really new artists. I know there's no fee to submit, but is there, um, can works be not for sale or does everything need to be for sale? And what percentage does the gallery take? Um, no, you don't have to sell your art. Um, you can. And if you do, we take 20% and um, we let everybody know that ahead of time. So there are definitely people that are not selling their art and want to hold on to it. And Some people think that there are they're not good enough to sell their art because they're new artists. And I'm like, no, that's not true. Everybody appreciates different art. So you never know who might want your, your uh, artwork. So, um, yeah, so we got a mixture of both. It seems like maybe half and half right now of what's coming in is for sale. On that. So when does the exhibit open? Uh, what date does the exhibit open and how long does it run? Opening night is June 4th, Friday, June 4th. It'll be from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, we'll have our, some of the artists will be there. Um, uh, all of the Arts Alive crew, of course, and um, we're going to have refreshments. The show is going to run through July 10th, and um, 
And we also have cool windows right now. I'm going to just throw this out here. Um, the Whiting Historical Society did the two front windows of all kinds of memorabilia from Clark High School, which is closing. Um, we have three schools in Hammond and high schools that are closing, and Clark's one of them. So um, I went to Clark, so I'm a little biased about that. And then I think it's really funny because Whiting's our rival, and then our art exhibit of everything is in Whiting's. What other kind of exhibits are you looking <laughs> you have planned for after uh, this one's called Pandemic, right? It is called Pandemic, yes. Um, we don't have any other things planned right now because I think everybody would kill me if I brought something back up at this point because we're also doing this flamingo project. Um, we're in the middle of blocking whiting with flamingos everywhere to raise some money for breast cancer. So right now we're opening the studio. We have pandemic going. We have, we're preparing for the garden walk and we have, uh, yeah, pandemic and the blocking. So no other show planned right at this moment and pierogi fest coming. So we'll probably be, you know. Busy for that, yeah. And uh, you said some of the people uh, are, are hanging overs from there. I, I think Patty Grencheck, is she still involved with you guys? or? Uh, Patty, yeah, Patty is, um, I was hoping she'd submit some for pandemic, but uh, she hasn't. But uh, yeah, Patty is, and um, from Studio Suspect, Five Nine Chantine is still involved. And um, there's a few others that are that are still involved with it. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. So Kathleen, I have a, um, so you mentioned that you went to school for advertising, but do you have a personal art practice? I, I don't. I don't. I love art, and I love music. I don't play music. I don't do art, but I love, <laughs> I love both. So, and that's, that's um, been the thing. A lot of people coming in the studio while we're fixing it up have popped in and they're like, I love art, but I'm not an artist. I can't create anything and I'm horrible. And I'm like, but that's not what we're about. We're about like helping the community grow and get some artists involved and giving money to people to be able to do their art. You don't, you just have to love it. You know, you don't have to. I, I, I agree. I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a supporter, but. I've had pretty good luck at Studio 659. They've been very generous with their artists in terms of uh, award money. I think every, almost every time I've exhibited there that there has been any kind of award money, I think I've walked away with a check. So that's uh, nice. it's been very generous and everything. So. be nice to me now that I'm in charge of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing now is when I live in Porter County, it's a heck of a drive to get over there. In fact, I think I, I don't know if it was you. I just got a... A question from somebody from the gallery says, uh, did you still want to pick up your piece? And I said, well, I think I picked it up like, wow, quite some time. It was left over from the portraits uh, exhibit. So it was right. still there. Yes, so. we had a lot of art sitting in there that I've been uh, calling on trying to get people to come back and get their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, anyway, uh, you're integrated in the Whiting community in Robertsdale. Uh, and like I said, we don't know exhibit plans, but uh, and you're fixing up the place. But what other things you might be... Uh, percolating in terms of what Arts Alive can do with the Studio 659? Well, um, with 659, we're definitely talking about classes. Again, when I was a part of it before, we had um, a lot of different like photography classes. We even had a ballroom dancing class that people love. Um, so we're going to talk about that again for adults. We have a lot of kids programs in town because we have the Mascot Hall of Fame. We have the library that does a lot of stuff. Merchants do a lot of stuff. But we'll still do some kids projects. But I think um, there's a lot of adults that like to, you know, try something new and um, my partner is um, sign language interpreter so a lot of people have expressed why I take sign language class we might you know add, start adding some classes like that as well 
and uh, maybe open mics again. I know those were successful before um, when they were running Studio 6 by Men. Yeah, that's always a nice evening. Yeah, of course. It's great to sit around listen to some music. What are the hours of the gallery? How, how what uh, I know mostly you used to want run on the weekend, but are you? Yeah, doing... we have. We were talking about we have a meeting on Monday, which everyone uh, we have of the word out. So we're hoping a lot of people come, but that's when we're going to decide. I definitely want to do uh, you know a couple nights during the week, but um, weekends as well. Opened. Uh, Whitey's pretty like shut down on Sundays, but Saturdays are good. <laughs> um, all the businesses are open, kind of like it, everywhere. It seems like small town. So can you? Um... And you don't have to answer this if it's giving away too much, but can you describe some of the art that's come in? I mean, what, you know, what mediums has it been? Have you gotten sculpture in? Is it mostly paintings? I have gotten a few sculptures in. Um, I thought I'd give them a photography. We don't have a lot of photography. It's um, a lot of paintings, uh, a lot of, uh, we have some cool, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like kind of sculpture art with like nails and stuff uh, in it. It's extremely heavy. Oh, but uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, we have a cool piece of someone that painted um, squares, like for a hundred days, every day she was going to paint during it. And uh, she's going to keep, she thought it would only last like a very small amount of time, the, uh, the pandemic. But then she's like, noticed it kept going. She stopped at a hundred days. Um, but we also have some, uh, like I said, some kids. So we're doing something cool. Um, the kids are in school have these cardboard little barriers they put up and I've seen some kids that decorate like around the outside of them and paint them. So we're going to have a few of those up from some kids that are um, going to be painting those. Um, we have some collage work. That's amazing coming um, from Michigan. So it's pretty oh, so exciting. It's all different, very different. So are you also for anybody who can't make it to the gallery, is there going to be an online option? Or are you going to, Feature it on Facebook so that we, oh, we can, so everybody can see it. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll add that to my to-do list. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I apologize for the more work, but it would be really all. great to. No, that's, that's a great idea. Especially now that we don't know if everyone wants to come out still and, you know, some people are still distancing. So that would be a good idea. Yeah. And you're requiring people to uh, wear masks and social distance as much as possible in your space. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Especially yeah. pandemic, Joe. That would be bad. Uh, yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> I would I have that's pandemic worthy. I mean, I've, I actually have I've been concentrating more on the radio show, so I don't have any really new, new pieces. So. Yeah, some people, that's why I've been hearing from some artists. Some artists like stopped creating altogether, which has been interesting. And then some people went, that's all they did. So some people I reached out to that I thought really would be in the show were like, no, I've been horrible. I haven't created it all during this. <laughs> well, Kathleen, we want to kind of wrap it up here. So we want you to give a chance to talk how they can get in touch with Studio 659 Arts Alive, how they get in touch with you, and uh, information about finding out about you. So where can they go for those types of things? Well, uh, Studio has uh, actually a couple Facebook pages, Studio 659, uh, one's a group, one's a gallery page. Um, Arts Alive also has a Facebook page. They can get a hold of me anytime at studio659 at aol.com. Or they could call me at the Junkyard T-shirt shop uh, anytime as well. And uh, that's either the Junkyard store at AOL or 473-1501. And um, yeah, those are all the places right now. We have some phone number two, but we're so <laughs> we're so early in this that I don't even know the phone number at this point. <laughs> Give us the dates of the show one more time, pandemic. Um, it's starting June 4th, Friday night, opening night, 
everybody's welcome, family friendly, and it's running through July 10th. Very good. Oh, we were talking to Kathleen Ohm. She's the vice president of Arts Alive. They're taking over the Studio 659 Gallery on 119th Street in uh, uh, Whiting. Thank you so much for coming on Art of the Air and sharing uh, about your venture out there. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you guys so much. It was really fun. Sharing her brand new single, Just Be Kind, from Nashville, Tennessee, and Marie Perserno. Different colors, points of view Has the evil made it much too late When we meet God and hate Him too We never know what someone's been through Can judgment come or walk away? Can our hearts and hands lift up broken
just sharing her brand new single, Just Be Kind, from Nashville, Tennessee, and Marie Perserno. You've been listening to Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP Art in the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM every Sunday at 7 p.m. Also streaming live at LakeshorePublicRadio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP Station Manager, and Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Our theme music is by Billy Foster, with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art of the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. Underwriters for Art of the Air, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments, and Mary LeVan, Arts Patron. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event, or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H, dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself to art. And show the world your heart. Express yourself to art. And show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself to art. And show the world your heart, express yourself to art, and show the world.